Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally, with a global perspective, and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, simple living, adventures, life hacks... I'm just going off the cuff here because I don't have my show notes up. I think up, we cover all those. I think, I think I got it. Sometimes we even cover more than that. Hashtag nailed it. Yeah. And today, tight to fun. We've got <laughs> Seth Dubois here in the studio. Hey, hello. Yes. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, we'll be moving into our, our hardcore interview section part of the show a little bit later. But uh, as we get started there, why don't why don't you tell us your... your um, Favorite thing that you did this week? Favorite thing I did this week? Uh, I start with the softball questions, and then we move into the hard ones. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'd have to say Hood to Ghost. Hood to Ghost. This past weekend. Yeah, and we um, are excited to talk about that as well, because you are still in the recovery phases, as it seems. Yes, that's for sure. Nice. Yeah, I've I've not um, run that one. I think I ran... Actually, I think I ran like one leg or something like that way back in time, but it was one of those like favor for a friend who got hurt the morning of and oh, you're just no. like sure yep. I'll, I'll go do that <laughs> but i i don't think it really counts as participating so, well you're it, still there yeah i, I, was, was, I was there <laughs> um so it goes but yeah hood to coast been a been a long time it's a great ride if you're or a great run i should say um and uh yeah we'll get into that as well and before we do so, let's catch up with your week. Aaron Aaron here has had a very busy day. I had I had a week within a day, I think. Yeah. I, I've lived yeah. an entire week in one day. Nice. If I could um, master that, just think about how much free time you'd have. Oh, yeah. Or uh, or the opposite of, maybe. You know, it's something I, I thought of I've been wanting to talk about, like, ever since it happened 15 minutes ago, um, maybe more like 20 minutes ago. Uh was some road magic. Mm. I was able to like pass on some road magic to somebody. Okay. I encountered a guy who's like all geared up. He's got like front panniers, rear back panniers, and like just totally loaded up. Had his like map case on top of his handlebar bag. He was ready. And yeah, and I was like, I was like rushing to get here so I could be here on time and was like, hey, where are you going? Or no, I said, where are you from? And he's like, oh, Seattle. Hmm. And I was like, where are you going? And, it, and then I heard, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was already like gone. But it occurred to me, like, I've got an extra Lara bar in my handlebar bag. Mm. And I've got these sprocket stickers. Ooh. Oh, there you go. I see where this so, is like, going. So, like, I'm going slow and I'm going slow. But he's loaded down and I'm not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so my version of slow is not necessarily like his version of or whatever his pace is. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just stopping at a corner, which in retrospect kind of maybe looks a little creepy. No, but... I don't think it is. <laughs> I've I've definitely had people do that before. Okay. Well, I mean, so I, I, I guess I should say it probably depends on the context. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> but that being said, um, the interaction you've described, I don't think sounds necessarily up that alley. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So I... I was able to pass on the Lara bar to him. Nice. Um, my favorite my favorite flavor, by the way, cinnamon roll. So that's how much oh, it meant to me to, to give to this. That's my it's, Well, it's like cinnamon roll and like blueberry muffin are like kind of competing for the top. 
Did What's, you tell him it was your you favorite? Didn't. No, I just said, hey, oh. <laughs> you're going to need a snack and you're going to need something to listen to. So I gave him like the bar <laughs> with the with two Sprocket stickers. Nice. And he's like, cool, man. And I was like, good luck. And I yep. took yep. off again. That's awesome. Oh, totally. But never found out where he was going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you happen to be listening, guy, random guy whose name I also didn't get, um, you know, hey, good luck and and write to us. Tell us where you went and how did it go? Maybe it was Nevada. Nevada. Uh, that'd be a good trip. Yeah, Nevada. Mm. Uh. Panama. <laughs> Panama. Uh, oh shit, dude. Uh, uh Ar- that'd be Argentina. Awesome. I don't know. I'm just making I, up us. Well, it, and it's like the combination of like I'm already socially awkward mm. and I was like in a rush to get here, um, and like I was like it's hot, so I'm sweating, and I like tried to make like this small talk with him, like. So looks like you've been doing this like before. And he said something mm-hmm. to the effect of like, yeah, I usually go like out to Europe or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the light changed and I was like, okay, back. Good luck. Yep. Good luck. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I've, um, I think it's interesting when you encounter a touring cyclist in the urban <laughs> a- atmosphere or environment. Cause yeah. like, I feel like it's one thing like you're out on the road and you're driving or cycling or otherwise. And I make a habit not to yell out of vehicle windows, but if I happen to be like at a rest stop or something and somebody rolls in, like you're, uh-huh. you're going to be naturally curious. Um, and then same deal when you're cycling, but when you're in downtown, it's sometimes hard to tell, like, is that person headed to the library in a particularly geared up, like returning oh, book fashion or, yeah. or, you know, there are, there are definitely, I, I don't know what percentage anecdotally, but maybe 15 or 20% of your like very burly double to, triple quadruple pannier riders but they're just like going to work in a very right. like loaded up fashion so i've definitely done that where it's like hey where are you headed to and they're like oh just downtown it's like oh okay <laughs> so- sounds good yeah i wonder how many people i've disappointed like being all loaded up and like then they realize mm-hmm. they see me pull into my apartment and take out my groceries uh, yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. that's that's usually me is the double pannier days is yeah. the grocery days and you can tell pretty quick it's it's the 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 real secret to the sauce is are there box like protrusions through the uh urethane of the ortlebs oh right right you can tell it's like a cereal box and then like something else versus like clothes or a tent yeah Yeah, that's reasonable you know you you get your little like flavor cues or something like that or they've got the map on there exactly see i see the map is probably map is probably definitely legit for somebody out and traveling i feel like the map yeah yeah good call good call um excellent so you 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 did a week within one oh, yeah. day <laughs> i experienced a week within a day in that soon like, you'll get to I experience just... a whole um uh period of days similar to weeks within a day oh tomorrow's gonna be the same yeah nice, definitely. Nice. um i will say today so today was the first day of school for portland public and that's always like kind of i don't know how it's just Everything happens all at once, and everything that could go wrong will definitely go wrong that day. Mm. And it gives you an idea of like, okay, here are the possible things that will go wrong within the year, happening all in one day. Mm-hmm. It's the microcosm <clears throat> of itself. Yeah. I would, I would, I would put that a different, or put differently, we're human. We're human. <laughs> when Thank you, you. When you chuck thousands of us together on the first day, we haven't done something in about. 100 days right well and that's that's the thing so like throughout the year like you know you have like one thing happen that is like kind of a mess and you're or you might have like four or five things that happen that it's kind of a mess but first day guaranteed everything that's gonna happen that year Mm -hmm. like happens all that one day yeah definitely Um, learning early 
Yeah, yeah. But let's I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind and come like kind of dial that back a little bit because today was one of the easiest first days logistically speaking. Maybe not for a lot of people's routes or, or whatever, but as far as like things that could have gone wrong or have gone wrong in the past mm-hmm. on first days of school, uh today has been one of the easiest Unless, like, you know, I forgot a kid and I just didn't know about I'm, I'm just kidding. I didn't forget. <laughs> My bus was empty when I left. I hope, um, I hope the Willy Week isn't, like, listening. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> bus driver um, admits to. Right. To leaving Wait, children on the bus. No, 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 no. no, no. This is entertainment. See, mostly. I was talking over it, so they can't sound right <laughs> without, without <laughs> my voice. Yep, <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Exactly. Let's cross-talk it up. <laughs> so you had a good day. It was pretty good. It was just so busy. Like, from I got there at 6.30. And uh, left there at about quarter to 6 p.m. So 6.30 in the morning, quarter to 6 p.m. And I had like maybe in an hour and a half in between to myself. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this week um, I will volunteer to yes, give some I don't information. Yes, like, I don't have to bring it out Aaron's of you. Aaron's going to pry it out of me. Uh, yeah, so this, this week was a pretty good one. I got my first flat that I've had in a couple of years, maybe about a year, year or so. That's a good um, track record. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's it's particularly good considering they're the same Schwabi marathons that I rode to San Diego Wait in twenty thirteen. Wow. So how long have you had these tires? I've ha- I put them on just before the San Diego trip, and they are still doing me proud. Holy shit! So I'm not sure I I'm not sure if I just have like good tire karma or something like that. Um, I typically get about one flat per year on the marathons, but um, not not more than that. And it's usually after I inflate my tires, so I was running at like twenty psi. And you can kind of tell because, uh, you know, eventually you just start wondering yourself, like, wow, it really took me 22 minutes to get to work. And usually it just takes 15. I wonder oh, yeah. what that is about. And then you realize you haven't pumped your tire since June. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. So so with that, of course, the I pumped it and I rode home and I went instantly flat. Uh, but that being said, it was um, a good opportunity to, you know, practice changing flats. And I am actually kind of happy when I get them because sometimes I feel like, if I didn't, then that would almost be weirder than than having none at all. But um, yeah, it, it was a good flat week, and uh, um, I might get some tires, but I'm still holding out <laughs> because <laughs> the tread isn't showing the little green wear strip yet. Oh, so that's it, how you know. Maybe I'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been known to push tires into the because I don't really? mind I don't mind changing flats, and I don't I don't mind booting, and so when you work. I, I think some of the factors like working at a bike shop, I know that I've got good access to Is that, that like a way to like save money? Like well, like or yeah, have, have, have a savings in that <laughs> in that like when you when you finally go to get rid of those tires, you mm-hmm. have like, you know, eight or nine dollars of, of dollar bill boots oh, in your in yeah. your wheel there. I um so this and I, I, this is one that I see people's material choice varies greatly. I do think there's some credence in the argument that if you do it with dollar bills you'll have money it's kind of like money you, that you forgot you had right you got so a piggy I, bank for I, your next exactly tire. exactly exactly and i appreciate that aspect of it greatly um in my case i'm 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 just such a huge fan of uh gaff tape which is kind of like my favorite version of like like this stuff yeah over here. yeah i don't know something about theater tech back in high school okay. i was like what is this magical substance i will use this on everything and have continued to do so um but that that for me just like works really really well. So That's I, I don't thick I don't personally. Uh, yeah, if you could double it, triple it up, it's gonna okay. be um, way thicker than a dollar bill, and the weave in it makes it pretty durable as well. So it's nice because it's um, 
and money's nice that way too. Like money, you can spend it or you can put it in a tire. <laughs> um, gaff tape has plenty of uses. So if you don't use it on the tire, you just find something else to stick it on. Right on. Um, but yeah, that, that was like my, my fun, um, tire changing experience that lasted all of eight minutes. And then let's see. Also this week, I got an invitation to sing in a, a ska band that a friend of mine is forming. Oh, oh no way. Lucky. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're. Um, I, what I would say is, I, I I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I I don't know if my ears are up for the long haul, so I I came and I uh, we sang for one jam session and um, it was a really good time. And I I don't know if I'll continue aiming oh, really? for the lead singer position. Uh, did, that being said, it was it was very enjoyable. Did you yell pick up the change? I didn't yell pick up the change. <laughs> okay, did, is that a thing? Did you do the, like the toasting? The toasting. See, you should come sing for the ska band. Oh no, I didn't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that good. (laughs) Maybe that's uh, not what it's really called, but that's what we called it. Okay, I dig it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're 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 um they're looking for a lead singer. (laughs) They're looking for a spare hobby. No, it's it's. I think what uh what what occurred to me is um enjoyable from the standpoint of going and hanging out with a friend, and I um musically wise, I just. I don't have the voice for it. I'm much more of the right. like country singer. And when I, I get done um, with like two hours and I'm, and then I can't talk for a day or two and I can't hear for a week, then I'm like, oh, yeah, like maybe it's not time for the ska band <laughs> just quite yet. Right. I appreciate the enthusiasm, but um, still in the ukulele crowd a bit myself. <laughs> right on. What what horns are in the ska band? Uh, presently, uh, Barry Sax. All right, so it's, dude. It's it's, it's pretty it's pretty neat. Barry actually. Barry Sax is is like oh, that's my favorite. Oh of, yeah. of like the it's a hell of an instrument. instruments. Yeah, that they're great. Um, no, and the it was it was getting together well. The uh, my friend had basically put an ad out on Craigslist and was like, "Hi, do you suck at an instrument? But think you want to get better." want to hang out with some people <laughs> who also suck but are also looking to play music together do you like ska this might be an opportunity uh, for you so he, he's um their they're garage band phasing it right now and i see um I, I, they're getting ready for a couple of bar shows some somewhere in the theoretical future all right so this is i'm really this, this is apparently the ska section of the episode now i'm oh. sorry i'm, I'm <laughs> whoa I'm no, hijacking no don't apologize this. let's what, do it what wave of sky is this this is um where i betray how much i haven't actually listened to a bunch of non-mainstream ska okay and this also played into it a little bit um the 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 i they're they're like they're very punk rock about their ska if, okay if you will. so maybe more like third wave maybe um they were it was a group of folks born primarily in the early 80s, and they were talking about the heyday of ska. And um, I think the view of the of the lead of the group is that um, Sublime has somewhat bastardized the genre. Okay. Uh, so, so maybe not as much of a mainstream fan, but also at the same time, I don't know enough about the non-mainstream ska to tell you exactly what <laughs> right their on. particular picks well, are. I, I'm not a huge ska fan, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just too happy, you know? <laughs> Yeah, give us some melancholy. <laughs> yeah, any yeah, day of exactly, the week. Exactly. I didn't even realize Sublime was considered uh, ska or. Yeah, I, know, I think sure they're kind of cross like genre. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's like ska fans listening to this episode like, going, like, What are you talking no! about? No! <laughs> Sublime! Yeah, well, I'm sure too. And I will be the first to happily admit you're probably yeah. way more right than I am about anything <laughs> I'm saying on the mic right now. Well, and then that's actually why I enjoyed it. Um, because I, sometimes it's nice to just like 
walk into new things with very little sure. preconception. Check, or... out, check out the specials. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were amazing. I'm That's writing it down sec- right second now. Second wave ska. The specials. So best, tell us about... Best wave. I'm curious. What are, what are the three waves of ska? First wave sounds more like uh, dub reggae. Okay. And no one likes first wave ska. It was it was like version one. They're like, yeah, we should have made that. And then you, you put it on the shelf and like, go to version two. Yeah, it's just like really, really slowed down. Okay. And like uh, second wave, like was was more. I feel like uh, I've definitely heard the, some first wave rock and roll. Okay. Um, uh, the the term two tone sound kind of is is thrown around, and I'm not entirely sure what that's supposed to reference. Okay. I just know like I used to say it a lot as a kid. Nice two tone sound. Two tone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is it a Gibson? What's that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, a Gibson Tito. Uh, um, and that was like the bands like The Specials. Um, gosh, who did Ghost Town? I, and then, like all of a sudden now, like like my entire knowledge is is gone. Oh, you're good. And I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Oh, that's either. all right. Oh, Madness. Okay. Madness was a great was a great second wave band. Um, a lot of them came came out of england surprisingly mm-hmm. like they were there was this like yeah. uh, jamaica england yep. Yep. connection okay and so the clash kind of also fostered some of that like, okay you know the clash is definitely punk and not ska but it was like kind of fostering that connection mm-hmm. so this i'm glad that you mentioned that correlation because um i i didn't want to say so and, and be wrong but there was um they do like on M- they on late night radio they do like a, a uk you know Mm-hmm. channel from overseas and they had like a two-hour ska special really and i missed the first half so i didn't under i didn't know that it was ska but they what you're describing they took you through like the three waves during the course of the two-hour oh, really? segment okay um so some of the early stuff was mostly when i was listening to the particular airing um but i was appreciative of like the british ska scene okay. in that respect yeah, yeah. i think when um they were talking about more of the punk aspect to it that's that's where yeah, i got that's... a bit um yeah, that's no, kind of like later. You're, you're putting um, you're putting that experience in context for right me. On. I appreciate. Yeah, that's kind of like later. Uh, um, second wave and into third wave was like this ska punk mm-hmm. connection. Um, I would throw rancid in there. Like a lot of their okay. songs have that have that sound to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then something happened, and they like totally like ska cleaned up its sound, and you have bands like the Toasters and Skank and Pickle and these kind of for lack of a better term, like novelty bands hmm. that is like wearing the nice clean suits and they have the horn section. Um, and the sound is definitely ska, but it, in my opinion, again, it's just, it's just too happy. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that um, was third wave. That's the wave I hate the most. Okay. So two, two, then one, then three. <clears throat> yes. Gotcha. And maybe there's a fourth wave out there that, you know, I'm old. I've lost touch. You're so. good. <laughs> I think um, I think my singing style is definitely like pre first wave because so, <laughs> when it goes when it goes to spitting out lyrics like I can I can do it very quickly but yeah. then um, my natural tendency from like when I, when I go home and play I play like Bob Dylan or <laughs> stuff right. like that for for personal edification and just sometimes the the lyrical pacing of it I found myself having to be like oh I need to sing this four times as fast oh, <laughs> oh I need to sing this eight times as fast well, and <laughs> so we we knocked a little bit on Sublime. Wow, we are way off on a tangent here, but we we kind of knocked a little bit on Sublime. Hey, that is something Scott's that that living. guy did Scott's right. back to the roots. Right. <laughs> there you go. Roots rock. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
that's something that that guy actually did pretty well was he was able to like parse a phrasing out and like just mash all of these like syllables mm. into a line, you know, where it normally wouldn't fit. Okay. Like Dylan was all right with that too. But, yeah. Um, to, to a degree. For yeah, sure. yeah. Anyway, you know where I bet you probably could listen to some ska, but only if they were playing it. Mm. I have heard some doom metal over there. Yes. I do. I do happen to know. Is it is it a place that also serves the coldest beer in all of Portland? I do believe they serve the coldest beer, and not only beer, Portland. but other non-alcoholic be- beverages. Why I have a Brew Doctor kombucha mint lemonade. By the way, I have not had this flavor yet. Or wait, I think it, I have. It's it. a fun one. I'm a fan <sighs> of that one. I'm enjoying a what the fluff from Berlick Brewing Company. I've got a Citrus Enigma Hazy IPA by Matchless from Matchless. Nice. And, and where did we get these items? Well, we happened to get them from our most generous sponsors, the Beer Mongers. On Southeast Division and 12th? Yeah. And did you know that the Beer Mongers this week, and if you're listening to this somewhat in the realm of uh, the end of August in 2018, you too can go partake. Beer Mongers is celebrating their ninth year anniversary. Oh, no way. Yeah. Beer Mongers is turning nine. Man, congratulations, gentlemen. For them. Yeah, yeah, cheers. Cheers to you. you. You didn't hear it because it was off mic and they were cans. But we're, picture <laughs> picture we're cheers. Connected. Um, the, and the, the, what they're doing, it's, they've got a whole um, round of events um, going. And it's a, I think it's like a five-day extra, extravaganza. So if you miss it on the actual um, day of which they turn nine, that's okay because there's four or five-ish other days that you can also go partake in the festivities. And, you know, if you're listening to this later and you just happen to find yourself at the Beer Mongers, Mm -hmm. just say congratulations for nine years. Nine years of great service. Indeed. Indeed. Thanks to the Beer Mongers. Well... So we, we, we didn't we bring didn't... Seth here to, uh, to talk about Scott necessarily. <laughs> Have we thoroughly alienated you? Although he certainly is one all. Okay. <laughs> I will say Sublime is great for karaoke. Ooh, oh, yes. Nice. Good karaoke Wait, fix. So mm-hmm. is that is that like a, a karaoke regular for you? Um, If we put yeah, on Sublime right now, yeah. you want to just like Which drop, one? drop some lyrics? I'll probably pass on that. In the... <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Which one? Um, Gosh, which one is it? Uh early in the morning okay yep wow i, I was one? gonna guess santeria but santa oh okay yeah that's a good one too uh um, strap shoes on my feet yeah i don't remember the name of that song nor do i huh it's an enjoyable yeah it's it's like most of those songs where i'm like i know that little part what i got yeah exactly yep, yep. Yeah. nice nice that's my excuse to go listen to Sublime this evening. <laughs> so they'll so understand that, the, which yeah. I've been talking about for the last half hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, Seth, we brought you here um, to talk about Ska a little bit, but more so to talk about your recent experience um, touching just a tiny bit on the Swift Summit, but more mm-hmm. prominently, the Steens Mazama. Yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about your, your relationship to the Steens Mazama and what you've been up to most lately. Oh, goodness. Uh, relationship to the Steens Mazama. Um, so I guess I found out about it last year, mm-hmm. um, mainly from DBR. Okay. And, um, and for our listeners, what is the Steens Mazama? The Steens Mazama. DBR? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we all know who is. Uh, Steens Mazama is a thousand-mile race. Uh, takes place in Oregon. Starts at the Telecom Bridge. Ends at the Telecom Bridge. Um, and uh, just traverses... Um, 
a large portion of Oregon. Hit Steens Mountain in eastern Oregon, um, near French Glen or in French Glen, and then heads to um, Lakeview, uh, and then um, west to Crater Lake, then back to the valley and up to Portland. I didn't explain that very well, but no, you're good. The general, I was actually mentally with you the yeah. entire part of that journey. <laughs> I, I I just I just did that whole route in my head. Mm-hmm. Like I don't ever have to do the Steens Mazoma now. Like, yeah, there you go. You're that was set. such a I'm... great explanation. Like <laughs> I feel like I would. And did you did you participate this last year? I did. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Was it your first year with the race? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, first year doing it. Um, had you yeah, been so... had you been dot watching before, or was it just sort of something like you kind of had your eye on and was like. I yeah, unfortunately, I didn't dot watch last year because um, I didn't really know about it when at the point when it was going on. Um, because yeah, I found out about it from DBR during Swift Summit, which uh-huh. took place early August, and um, the Steens Mazama takes place um, early July. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I found out about it from DBR. We I just finished uh, doing the the Swift Summit two hundred mile race last year. Um, and he was like, Hey, if you enjoyed this, then maybe you should take you a, should take a look this. at scenes Mazama. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, if you enjoyed 200 miles of right. punishment, <laughs> try 1000 miles of punishment. Yeah. It was, it was an experience. It's more it's than definitely. twice the fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, prior to that, I had, I'd been interested in, um, in ultras like Transamerica, mm-hmm. okay. um, because I just recently, not recently, but that year I'd watched Inspired to Ride. Oh, um, such a great film. Oh yeah. So that fascinated me. Um, and then DBR just kind of planting that seed saying, Hey, there's a thousand mile race that takes place in Oregon. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this seems reasonable. Give that a shot. I wonder how many like ultra racers. And I, I always mm-hmm. put race in quotes cause like, I don't, I don't think anyone really is like out there to like in it to win it well there's a few never mind because <laughs> I, I as soon as i said that i thought of a few but <clears throat> it's it's more or less like this this pushing yourself yeah kind mm-hmm. of like like finding out where your boundaries are but i wonder how many people have like have watched this movie and was like yeah i want to do this mm. yeah yeah like the uh what is it wild effect with Cheryl Strayed and and hiking yeah. the PCT or such. Oh yeah, the P- the PCT like oh the, oh just when the from yeah the when movie. the book and the movie came out I I can't remember what the number jump was but it was yeah. it was a, a large amount of people decided yes I want to do that all of a sudden wow. um so I, I wonder yeah. if uh, you know whenever there's a large uh, cultural uh, exposure to the general public it seems like that definitely gives a nice boost to the numbers for it. right yeah definitely yeah. it's familiar with um if you've ever heard of the book Born to Run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So same thing many, with barefoot running. How many people running. got yeah. plantar yeah. fasciitis from that? <laughs> a large number. <laughs> uh, the Vibram, like, fi- what do they call it? The Vibram Five Fingers, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. That was sort of inspired by that book, right? I would, I would imagine so. I don't remember mm-hmm. what the timeline oh, was. Oh, that's way. Yeah. yeah. I was working in the running industry went around the time oh, the book you came were? out. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, I just noticed like the large. Uh, or the increased frequency of people coming in uh, mentioning that they wanted new shoes because their right. feet hurt from running barefoot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? So, Interesting. I'm going to tell an embarrassing story about one of my brothers um, who, so inspired to ride, like mm-hmm. kind of centers around this, like this tribe of, of indigenous Mexicans who, you know, run barefoot and mm-hmm. like this guy sees this and like, Oh, this is what we're meant to do. And like, you know, we're, 
we're meant to run barefoot. We're made to run. We're born to run. Ooh, I see <laughs> what they did there. Right. That's where it came from. Um, and so one of my brothers who is a runner uh, and uh, has done a couple of marathons and triathlons uh, decides like he's kind of going to do the same thing where mm-hmm. like he's going to start going minimalist and he was running barefoot and it was fine. Um, but then he also lives in, in a climate that, you know, has a winter. Mm-hmm. And oh, so yeah. he started running inside barefoot on a treadmill. Mm. And funny thing about treadmills in this constant spinning motion is mm-hmm. it gets really warm and you don't notice it when you're wearing shoes. Huh. But you notice it the a lot surface. when you're barefoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the treadmill yeah. itself is really hot. And <laughs> so he he's he's in pain, but he's like, nah, I can do this. These are my people. These are my people. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is supposed to be good <laughs> for me. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he ended up with like second degree burns oh, on the soles of his feet. Oh, no. Yeah, they're, they're like oh, blistered up and everything. Wow. I've never heard of that. <laughs> you know which one you are. Should I love you very much. Caveat, born to run. On mildly temperature. Well, if you're maybe if you're maybe actually been doing this like this all your life, perhaps oh, it'll yeah. work. You know, yeah, yeah turf yeah. or soft surfaces, that's fine. Yeah, We're not meant for like asphalt. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We weren't necessarily like born. Yeah. For tread- or yeah, for treadmills or well, for asphalt. Anyway. Oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I was gonna just add add by saying that um the the natural running um aspect of the sport has been i i feel like hampered by the amount of asphalt also present within the places where most people partake in said sport oh, yeah um because if you mm-hmm. if you were trail running for example just the variation that you get between surfaces and uh, resistance to the ground that is a totally different experience than just pounding asphalt oh yeah um so even regardless like- of modern technology or just running barefoot as a whole sometimes it's the environment as well that is gonna make make that work or not even road to sidewalk is a big difference mm-hmm. totally yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely. if you've ever um pondered why somebody is running at you or with you in a bike lane it is way softer to run in the <laughs> bike lane than it is on the uh, on the sidewalk so so i take it you're also a runner then or what well yeah no yeah. You, you did hood to coast and we'll mm-hmm. maybe talk about that a little bit but yeah, so you you've done some running. You worked in the running industry. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's it's kind of what um what actually led me into cycling because no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of the time, uh, well, originally my sport was running. Uh, uh-huh. I grew up running, um, competed through college, and uh, I was track and field, cross country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of them. Oh, okay. Mostly longer distance, like five k, ten k. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're speaking my language. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I'm not fast. I can't oh, run quick. You don't need to I'll be just fast. You just need to enjoy it. <laughs> oh, I was more into the 100. Nice. Yeah. Meter. 100 meters. I was, I was way yeah, too yeah, slow for the 100 right. meter. And <laughs> get it done with. Anyway, so so you did like you did like endurance running. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that led you to cycling how? Mainly because I'm pretty injury prone, uh, especially my Achilles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. So that was that was definitely a recurring issue. Um, so whenever I had uh, my Achilles flare up, I would either hit the pool and just do like aqua jogging, which is terrible. <laughs> or at least, so you just jump in the so, pool and mm-hmm. yeah, it's you've like got running like, in place in the pool. Or? Yeah, yep, exactly. Huh. So you're kind of treading water, but in a running motion. Hmm. Um, wow. 
yeah, it's it's no fun. <laughs> okay. um, so my go-to is typically cycling instead. Nice. Um, just as cross-training option, try to keep my fitness and uh, not aggravate the Achilles, which fortunately cycling didn't do as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what got me into it. I just like started cycling as cross-training. Um, and then I realized I enjoyed it. So uh, after moving out to Portland um, and then becoming more uh, more well more involved with the, with the bike scene um, that's what kind of moved me into the cycling right more yeah. nice <laughs> <laughs> we're too polite here oh yes we are um so when when you first started getting into cycling was it that you were experiencing it for the first time at that point or had you had previous experience like learning to ride a bike and like had a bike as a kid mm-hmm Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd always biked around a little bit. Um, yeah, it was just kind of, I mean, just as the, the typical transportation mm-hmm. or, like, hanging out with your friends. And mm-hmm. I did a little BMX when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, but definitely no good. Uh, any jump I hit, I'd end up, you know, landing on my chest or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. But, was, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was maybe some of the more fun jumps I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Were the right. ones where, like, <laughs> like, I still have scars from. Yep. <laughs> And then I was going down this hill, and then there was all this gravel. Yeah, it's pretty hard. The gravel's fun. <laughs> I think everybody, I, 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 I'd be tempted to say everybody who has had cycling in, as a younger portion of their life has, like, a gravel story or two. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like it's it's just part of the way it goes somehow. Um, I remember when we first got into BMXing, uh, we only had a couple of BMX bikes in the neighborhood. But then there was a kid with a five-speed, and we found out that you could go off the jumps way faster with the five-speed oh, no. than with the BMX bikes. <laughs> yeah. And it led to much fun and misery, and it was glorious. <laughs> so with the with the cycling um, that you're getting into with the bike community here in Portland mm-hmm. um, and, and just going on the uh, Swift Summit there, was, was that the first one of that? iteration or that type that you'd done before or had you done anything pre- previous to your time in portland yeah last year um last year was the first time i did a uh essentially a race like a cycling okay. race okay yeah so that was the first one um i done i had done a couple organized centuries um like reach the beach harvest century just like local ones mm-hmm. not uh, necessarily races right yeah yeah not competing um but i'd always like coming from the my running background background competing I'd always planned on um, moving into the marathon. Hmm. Uh, I just found like the the longer the race, the better, the more competitive I was. Hmm. Um, so when I transitioned over to cycling, I was like, "Oh, kind of seems to make sense. I'll um, give the give the longer races a shot." Hmm. So did you, did, you, did you feel like there the same effect was at play? Like when you jumped from the two hundred mile to the thousand mile, was it that much more competitive for you? Oh man, um, I don't know. I I don't know if the same effect was at play, okay. but I, uh, the, the thing that Im- intrigued me about that was just the, um, I don't know, like the, the self-support aspect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just the fact that it was, I mean, it's just this, this massive adventure, multi-day adventure. Um, you, you know, you support yourself, you're competing against people. Um, but you know, largely you're, you're going to be competing against yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. Yeah. So it's got that, it's got that cross country vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Exactly. Like everybody's racing, but you're really just racing yourself. Right. Yeah. 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 When you, um, so between the two, what, what were things that were similar to marathons you had, had run or, or to longer sort of group races? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, hood to coast, 
did you find parallels between the running world and the cycling world? For Hood to Coast, I did. Um, just in regards to uh, Scenes Mazama and Hood to Coast, it was, I mean, Hood to Coast was actually the the first like multi-day event I'd, I've done for running. Okay. So we were chatting about <laughs> um, just kind of the differences between long distance running events and long distance cycling events, parallels, and also um, differences. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd say for uh, for Hood to Coast, it was, for me at least, it was more of just, um, it was more of a fun event and um steens mazam i was i was definitely training for to uh, uh you know to compete mm-hmm. um but hood to coast it was it was interesting that like i mentioned it was the it was the first event that i'd done that i've done uh first running event that i've done that's multi-day and involved um a lack of sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah so there was um i ended up doing four legs um typically you're supposed to do three legs so every team has 12 people and there's 36 legs overall um so everybody breaks it up into three legs one of our teammates in the van that i was in um ended up having to leave early just mm. for a work event oh um so i ended up doing two legs one day and then two legs the next day that's a lot of legs because mm-hmm. each leg is a little over miles no. they yeah they range from uh from like mid three miles to oh. uh to about eight miles okay yeah, I think I ended up doing close to about twenty five miles mm-hmm. uh, for the two days. Yeah, but you're you're still giving those miles your all. So even <laughs> even <laughs> though it's that's all it's only three miles, but it's a fast three. Yeah, <laughs> I will definitely say that three miles I took it a little bit more, a little bit easy. Yeah, it was yeah. it was just after um, waking up for the second day, mm-hmm. so it was hard to uh, to get into a oh gosh, a very this competitive sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> like you wake up and. Like, do you eat, do you eat breakfast or do you just get up and run? Um, I had so I had I had slept in. We part we parked at a um one of the exchange points, and there is a uh, there are big fields for people to sleep. So I just um, took out my bivy uh-huh. that I used for steens. Um, slept there. I had probably about two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just had like a uh, I don't know like a granola bar or something. Okay. Grabbed a granola granola bar and went to the uh, porta potties. Um, they had, uh, they had the, the trucks there to, um, empty the porta potties. So there was a line of like 50 people. It was incredibly long. Um, and I had like 20 minutes until, until my leg was going. So I was kind of, yeah, Yeah. kind Mm -hmm. of worried. Um, had enough time, got there. Our runner got in like, I don't know, five minutes after I got to the, uh, to the leg and I was off. Nice. Yeah. Did you, so in meal prep wise, um, Mm -hmm. did you have to keep, different considerations in mind when sort of planning out or pre-planning um say the running section of hood to coast versus the biking section because you're uh, oh, just from like a metabolic yes, this is something that i'm very interested in <laughs> yeah from like a metabolic standpoint running is yeah it's going to use a lot more energy um so i'd be curious to see sort of what what some of those considerations are yeah so for um for the running it was it was a little easier just in the fact that we had a um we had a van with a cooler um, so I just packed, I packed, uh, two, um, pre-made sandwiches, mm-hmm. um, had a lot of snacks like chips, um, had a, had a couple like, uh, sport nutrition specific things like cliff, bo- cliff blocks and, um, goo. But most of that was, uh, I kind of just ate normally. Like mm-hmm. I had a lunch, um, had a dinner and they were just like pre-made sandwiches. We we're also able to stop at gas stations, um, so I was able to just grab some snacks that way. Nice. Um, so there wasn't too much planning involved there. 
in regards to uh, in comparison to the Steens, where mm-hmm. a lot of it was uh, hitting gas station or convenience store. And just I brought a I brought a packable backpack with me. Mm-hmm. So I was able to just like stuff that in the frame bag, unpack it as I went inside, uh, threw stuff in there. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Check out. Yeah. Boom. And then I just threw it on my back and you started know, going. like in these yeah. like, really small towns in, in like, you know, Eastern Oregon or, mm-hmm. or Southern Oregon. Like, do you, did you get like a lot of weird looks from people as you're like, I've got this backpack and like just shoving yeah. stuff in? <laughs> Please allow me to shop into my bag. Right. I can think of a couple of places in Portland that might not go as well. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, it wasn't too bad. Good. I okay. think it was, yeah, I think it was kind of anticipated. Um, you're, you're already kind of getting weird looks anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, was... You talked, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Mm-hmm. All right. You talked a little bit about lack of sleep. Mm. for the Steens Mazama. Yes. Um, how much sleep did you get and how did you get it? Yeah, so that was that was an interesting experience. I um, always love these stories off <laughs> oh, these like these like endurance like you know mm-hmm. uh David Robinson he's he's mm-hmm. notorious for sleeping in uh post offices, right? Right. Yep. You mm-hmm. know, um but it, everyone's got like their place I yeah. found. So I, what's your place? My place apparently is just uh either um, the side of the road. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yep. legit. It, I tried it gets the job done. It does. Um, yeah. So the the first attempt was the first attempt to sleep was in uh, Brothers. Uh huh. So there was as I was riding. Um, I forget how far how far in that is. It's it's um. I think it was close to a little after two hundred miles or something. Okay. Um, getting a little exhausted, and I noticed there was a uh, uh rest stop there. Um, so. They were individual like rest stops, mm-hmm. um, individual bathrooms. So you could go in and, uh, you know, you have, you have your own stall essentially. Um, and so I stopped. Um, it was also getting cold. So I was like, this is going to be a good point. Stop, okay. do what I need to do, change into warm clothes. Um, so I did that and I laid out, I had like a little foam mat, laid that out in the bathroom and um, attempted to sleep. Uh-huh. What I didn't realize was, uh, or what I didn't account for was the fact that there's going to be flies. Mm. There were flies Portage and on. yeah, yeah. Well, it was a, uh, it was like one of the cement ones, right? Okay, um, yeah, not so portable, but. right? <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Definitely not planning on sleeping one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So I laid out the mat and I had my back to the uh, to the door. Okay. Um. But the uh, the breeze like started coming in, um, so I started freezing. Mm. Flies above me. I was like, "This is not going to work." Um, so I got up, started riding again, and uh, at that point, I anticipated um, Ben being around me. Uh, or sorry, he was he was one of the riders. Oh, okay. Um, ben Colwell, because uh, when I stopped, I realized that um, well, I was exhausted. I was like, I need to get some sleep, and but I need to be fast about it because he's right behind me. He's coming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, sorry. So we're going on the, the, um, sleep thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're good. I was going on tangent. That's um, but yeah, attempted a rest stop, uh, didn't work out. And then further on down the road, um, I, I ended up, uh, just noticing like a big pull off, like a big gravel pull off. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, let's give this a shot. Um, so pulled out my bivy and, uh, 
I think I got about 10 minutes there. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes <laughs> 10 minutes is all you get. <laughs> that Sometimes was, that's how it goes. I know. Yeah. That was the goal. Just like power naps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I knew there were strong riders either behind me or in front of me. I couldn't tell um, what was going on because, uh, well, there's there's track leaders, the website. Right. So you can track. I was going like, to say, are you watching. able to dot watch while you're, while Every, you're participating or yeah. is that like verboten? Um, no, I mean, I think it's fine okay. uh, as long as you have service, which I only did like half the time. Mm. Okay. Um, so I was I was trying to see where everybody was. I wasn't able to. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So that sleep, I just my goal was to try to power nap okay. and push on as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, just based on what Craig Pauly did last year, because I think he, right. yeah. he was like 50 hours or something. He made it to he Crater Lake it. before yeah. he slept. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, that's wild. Um, that's some commitment. I know. I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I got the 10 minutes. And the first big rest was um, uh, after the, just after the Heart Antelope Refuge. Okay. Um, yep. So that was, I think that was about 490 miles in. And I got, uh, I don't know, about an hour and a half to two hours. That's your big rest. That was, that was the first big rest. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um yeah yeah uh and it was mainly just because like i knew what happened last year um and ben ended up passing me wait what happened last year uh just craig oh craig's first yeah just craig first big push yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, exactly so i was like all right something similar might happen this year okay i've got to uh yeah got to give my give it a shot right Mm -hmm. right um but yeah ben colwell ended up passing me on the uh the washboard section in her oh, antelope refuge mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that was uh yeah so that was an experience i was falling asleep going over the washboard which is like the worst washboard mm-hmm. i've ever I've ever if written. and if you're falling asleep on washboards you're I know. probably pretty tired yeah yeah that's it's not like a lull to sleep sensation no not at all <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i at that point i was like i need to get some sleep mm-hmm. um so ended up just uh, pulling out my bivy again in uh, Big Field. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, I was trying to do the power nap thing, 15, 30 minutes. And um, I ended up waking up like three or four times. Woke up, tried riding, and I started like swerving a little bit. I was oh, like, yeah. okay, this is no not good. good. I'm yeah. way too yeah. tired. Um, went back to sleep and did that a couple more times before I ended up getting like hour and a half two hours of sleep but breaking it up periodically yeah um not ideal hmm. so i've learned <laughs> yeah was was there a point um so in these ultra long type experiences mm-hmm. you know you're you, everybody starts off on the same foot but cer- certainly doesn't necessarily end that way would was there a point that you sort of mentally broke or that, that you sort of realized or were got to that point where you're like yep i'm still in it but i'm like not in it in it like i'm just right. in it at this point did you experience that or did you see that happen to other riders for me yeah that was definitely that was definitely a tough part because i mean originally it's not my just goal, physical strength it's also the mental yeah. fortitude to, to actually get through it as yeah, well Yeah, definitely uh mental fortitude and just um yeah getting used to the fatigue the the uh sleep depri- sleep deprivation and the the small like muscular issues that you deal with hmm. um so that, I'd say that point was, uh, once I woke up, 
I knew Ben was a ways ahead after after Antelope Refuge because if I if I had slept an hour and a half, two hours, and he was still going, um, he's got a good distance yeah. on me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was uh, at that point I was pushing, and I was like, let's see if I can let's see if I can get two hundred miles. Well, hit the first stop. And then from there, I load up my my portable backpack. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. And I was like, let's see if I can make 200 miles with everything I've got. Um, I figured the you know the less stopping, um, the more time I have to potentially try to catch Ben. Right. Um, but uh, by the time I got to Crater Lake, that was kind of that was kind of the point. Like mm-hmm. there was a little rest stop at Crater Lake or a, a mart at Crater Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, or sorry, not Crater Lake. Um, there was a town right before then. I don't remember what it is. Okay. Um, just like 30, 40 miles from the national park. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and uh, I stopped in there, and for some reason, I was craving a cucumber and tomato. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You had that specific for, of a craving. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um. It's uh yeah I don't know for some reason cucumbers definitely like ever since the uh, Swift Summit last year uh-huh. I was there was a section that was um, I ended up running out of water super dry and I went by a farm stand and um, they had cucumbers out for sale Ooh. there it is and, yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. and that was it like after that I'm just like cucumbers that's it's a life I don't know I've got yeah. a crave, craving for cucumbers on water that you can eat yeah yep <laughs> <laughs> um so did, yeah does the market deliver. What was that? Did did the convenience store deliver on your quest for cucumbers outside they of Crater Lake? Yep. Okay. Nice. I got a cucumber. Um, I actually strapped it to my saddlebag, so I had it for later. <laughs> nice. right yeah, I was eating the um, uh, the tomato in the market. Strapped the cucumber to my saddlebag, um, and the uh, the guy who was checking me out, he was like, "Oh, so you're a part of that race?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, yeah, I am." By. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "So, um, uh, he's like, so." Yeah, the the guy who uh, who just stopped in before you, he was in a he was in a rush. Uh, he was like, I think it was about two hours ago, and I was like, oh no. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that like that like started. I was like, oh man, two hours. That's a ways. Yeah, yeah. Because um, fifteen minutes, you're like, all right, gotta go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's still a chance you could yeah. catch him then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So that was that was definitely a point where um where sleep was up sleep exhaustion was catching up to me again okay and going to crater lake from that town is um at least for me it was really boring Mm. they're just (laughs) to like getting to crater lake Mm -hmm. is just long stretch you're talking about that straight straight yeah 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 Yeah. and there's like little like fake rises and you're like oh cool any second now i'm gonna like get over (laughs) that oh no still 20 eight miles exactly yeah, yeah. It, that even feels long in a car and that's hard mm-hmm. to experience in oregon i feel right yeah yeah just going straight and and then at the same time there were um uh the forest fires mm. that had started up so mm-hmm. the base of crater lake or at least when i was able to see it um it was really smoky right so yeah. i was kind of it was um i'd never been to crater lake before so i was excited about oh, it that's a hell of a time to experience right yeah. mm-hmm. good first time <laughs> um but i was a little uh disappointed mm-hmm. because i was like oh i'm potentially gonna get to crater lake and i don't know may not even be able to see crater lake if it's smoky was it, was it pretty bad when you got in um it was fortunately when i got to crater lake after climbing it was beautiful okay yeah no smoke at all um but at that point i was tired long straights um been way ahead of me just <laughs> lost motivation <laughs> 
I ended up uh, drifting off a little bit and hit um, going on to the uh, the gravel shoulder um, and uh, just like yeah snapped awake and I was like oh no oh yeah um, especially in the park too because you're not right. I mean you you go off the shoulder and you are off the freaking shoulder yeah fortunately yep. it wasn't there yet that's good that's <laughs> good okay. I'm glad to hear yeah. that yeah yeah um, but I will say one thing that woke me up as I got to Crater Lake I was climbing going uphill um this is probably about like 15 20 minutes into the climb and uh, i just had my head down pedaling and i heard um a car ahead of me just uh, i heard the brake squeal a little bit it sounded like they're coming to a sudden stop and i was like oh what the heck so i look up and uh, there was a bear about two car lengths in, oh, in front no of shit. me yeah mm-hmm. just crossing oh. the road mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah yeah so uh, that was definitely, definitely wow. first time I've ever seen a bear. I was going to say, is that like the closest you've ever been? To? Oh yeah. Wow. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't really, um, I was just more interested because wow. it didn't seem like the bear was, you know, worried at all. He's, it looked both directions. It was being safe. And, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was a crater lake bear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just walked on. I was like, mm. all right, I'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how often those experiences are like i've i've encountered that similar where it's you're like oh and then it wears off and you're like oh that it doesn't care about me at all yeah exactly (laughs) i'm i'm more of i'm more of the side attraction to itself being there than anything else yeah yep on with on with the daily business (laughs) so Uh, you you made it back you got all the way into portland yeah yeah how'd you how'd you finish out in the pack um ended up second nice yeah yeah um, ben definitely yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> he, so close. as a psychological factor it's probably mm-hmm. good that ben didn't like if ben knew that he was in front you know because one could theoretically just post up at the crater lake lodge wait for whoever's second and then be like oh yes hello how are you i'm going i'm going to take i'm going to take my break uh I'll leave for my break and now i'll start riding again right. that there's yeah. someone to ride against <laughs> like how demoralizing would that be i'm guessing ben nope. didn't do that but <laughs> nope no, nope, fortunately not he um he ended up getting, I think he said, two or two and a half hours of sleep. Wow. For the whole thing. That's crazy. So yeah. the secret wow. is not, not necessarily to ride fast. It is to just not sleep and <laughs> yeah. continue to ride. Just don't stop and uh, don't sleep, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so looking back on that experience. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, one, would you do it again or something similar? Like an, an ultra... Yeah. Like yeah. 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 I'm definitely. Um, I mean, after Steen's Mazama or after Steen's, I was like, I never want to, I would never want to ride up this again. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, my whole, my whole idea for it was after watching Inspired to Ride, uh-huh. I was like, I want to try something, uh, ultra endurance oriented. I think I'd be good at it. Um, but, you know, there's no way to tell until you actually right. give it a shot. Um, and, yeah, it was, I loved it. It was, uh, I definitely, I miss, I miss the, um, the freedom of, you know, you're just, you're waking up, you're getting on the bike. All you have to worry about is getting food, getting water and continue riding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely interested in it like narrows down your priorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely interested in, um, potentially doing Transamerica at some point. Okay. I've, yeah, I've, I've mentioned to a couple people that I want to next year. Um, 
But of course, the the financial aspect is huge. Mm. I think I've heard that's a big race. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I've heard it's like a dollar, a dollor a mile um, for oh, these wow. ultra endurance races. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially like mechanics, actually, places to sleep. That, uh, yeah, that sounds like it could be a pretty conservative estimate. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of already answered the follow up question I had, and that is like, why? What drives you? to do these like ultra endurance things yeah like you know we we kind of jokingly call it type two type two fun where like <laughs> you know you're you're sleep deprived you're maybe in the moment kind of miserable mm-hmm. but then you come back for it like what drives you to do this yeah it's and um you, you did kind of already answer this but you know i ask anyways yeah it's uh I don't know. Definitely. It fascinates me. You, you learn a lot about yourself. And when I was, I did a lot of, um, research, but more so I was just intrigued in listening to interviews from, um, from people who've done events like yeah. this. Mm. And, the uh, the reoccurring theme, um, that I heard is just like, everybody should try something like this. Um, something like this, that's going to test you, uh-huh. uh, you know, whether it's cycling or, um, something, something that intrigues you or that's, you know, your focus. That's going to test you. Um, yeah, I just the the freedom and especially the um, I'd never done something where I had uh, like multi day like this, where it's a full um, just full self supported adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, you've done a few like one shots, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And talked about the centuries that you've done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just just the adventure, like yeah. that. And aside from, uh, I think one of the big things also is just being able to, um, <clears throat> your. Well, I like the competition, so okay. that's definitely yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. definitely a big thing. The competition brought me, um, the adventure and the the community. Right on. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, there's something to be said about like just a a, a little friendly competition mm-hmm. between between people to like kind of push you a little bit farther, you know, than you, you may think you that you're, you're um, capable of. Right. Yeah. And it's nice too. Cause when you're just getting into it, it's not like you're, you're dedicating your life to the single pursuit. <laughs> you know, it's like you can have, you can have like healthy levels of competition, but still like sleep with yourself, you know, afterwards, regardless right. of the result. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I feel like, you know, it's the, this type of event, this type of type, too fun in particular is really easy to get into without mm-hmm. too much prior experience yeah if you know how yeah, to ride definitely. a bike you can go do this yep yeah you can you can treat it however you want it could be a tour it could be a race mm-hmm. um yeah it's an experience for everybody indeed yeah it's it's one of those things that like i i'm always drawn to and i ha- i've yet to do something of that magnitude mm-hmm. but from people who are like sort of on the outside looking in, that's always the main question is, well, why, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you go out? Mm-hmm. You know, why even, you even just... something like this guy that I just, that I just ran into on the way over, who's like, you know, going right. from Seattle to huh, um, <laughs> Alaska. <laughs> yeah. He might be a little lost then. He was going <laughs> south. Uh, um, but you know, even even someone like that, I'm sure he encounters like a bunch of people like, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you carry all this stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on your bicycle? But it's and it's one of those things where like it, in a way it kind of comes down to like you just you just got to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. 
you know because know. the human condition yeah i don't know why <laughs> why climb everest exactly yeah, yeah. But seriously, why climb Everest? Yeah, we don't need to go back up there. In fact, actually, you should climb Everest to, like, grab all the junk that's on top of there and maybe bring some of it down. Oh, yeah. They actually... That's my my eco moment for the day. Oh, totally. Well, I heard, and I haven't validated this, but I heard that they initiated a program for permits going out where they... Were you mentioning that? Where they require um, you to bring back more than you take up these days? I think it's a footnote. In one of the newer versions of, shoot, that John Krakauer book. Into Thin Air? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Nice, nice. Well, there's plenty of fun mountains to climb, and not all of them are as expensive or as is, or as uh, littered as Mount Everest is. Um, (laughs) So, to our mountaineers in the crowd, yay as well. (laughs) (laughs) But why? But why? I I used to climb mountains. I I don't anymore. And I can tell you that biking is a hell of a lot of funner. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot easier. And the the risk to to reward ratio is pretty damn good most days. (laughs) Risk to reward ratio, running versus cycling. Oh, that's a good question. Um, Risk to... I would say... I mean, cycling... um, off road, it's probably the best. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, just Mike. Are you like one of those that like really craves like the gravel and the the like rougher? I love gravel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I just like I like getting getting off the roads. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely that's my preference. Um, and it's just safer. In terms it's of safer. in terms of, in terms of risk to reward. Uh huh. Um, I mean, you don't have to worry about cars. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So safer aspect there. Um reward. Uh you know, you're um I don't know. Yeah. Going around beautiful hey, countryside like you're off road. You're on an efficient <laughs> machine enjoying the countryside. Yeah, exactly. And distance. Distance covered on a bike versus running. Yeah. I'd say yeah. reward is definitely exponential there. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's like where um if I'm visiting someplace new I often like to walk if I'm looking to actually really get to know it. Okay. But the bike is the perfect speed. You know, you stop where you want to stop. You go where you want to go. Right. It's yep. such, a, such a nice speed to explore. Yeah. Nice. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you for having me. Indeed. And we look forward to your future adventures. I hear we might have a little bit of tape from our, our most recent um event that Aaron yes the Swift Summit there we go I was scrolling uh, up I knew it wasn't the scenes of Zama (laughs) I know I said two weeks at the time that I recorded it and it's been over that but that's okay you know it's it's gonna happen I promise you know us we'll put it out eventually (laughs) oh yeah that's right we'll put out just about anything the episode has to um aerate in Aaron's pannier for the SD card has to has to get that pannier smell oh, before gosh, we put I, it out I there. I hope it's not like that long. No, no, we'll have we'll have Trevor in and and other people from the Swift Summit um uh, be, uh before that happens. No, wait, after that. Wait, what was I saying? It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen. And then also we'll have other people in the studio to talk about it. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Well, Seth, that was awkward. You're good. Thanks again All for good. joining tonight. Yeah. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, um, would you like to hang around for our brief news and headlines? We'll do. It sounds good. All right. All right. And I recovered the music off my machine here, so now we can do this. 
I love, I love, I love, I love don't don't ever use that. The second Thursday of every month, the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also, also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. The last Friday of every month is the Baltimore Bike Party. There's all these bike parties. Dig it. Hey, when we started announcing them, there was only one. That's true. And they probably existed before we started (laughs) announcing them. But well guess before. where you can find them on a list? Our calendar. Dig it. Send uh, us your events. Also, every second Sunday of every month here in Portland, the Corvidi Bike Club Ride. Ca-caw! And September 2nd, coming up here, we're into Pretty fall. Quick. The Tour de Lab, where you can use code SPROCKET18 to get $5 off your entry. September 8th through 9th, the bike MS-150. September 13th, Dr. Something's Beaverton Transit Center single release party with a transit-themed EP in the works. September 20th, Street Books Fall Celebration. And I'm going to take a moment here and apologize to the good people of Street Books. There may have been some miscommunication about a date in which you were to come into the studio. Let's get you guys on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Again, soon, library month can or library week can happen any week. Oh, yeah. Extended invitation. Uh, September 22nd, the Lowell Kinetic Sculpture Race in Lowell, Massachusetts. September 29th, Wheels on Fire 100 in Tucumcari, New Mexico. November 9th and 10th, the Portland Podcast Festival, which is now accepting submissions. So if you would like us to be there, your vote will probably help make that happen. Yes. Or just keep submitting us. Something Let's like see that. What happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> We're just sitting back. We'll we'll let you we'll let you folks take care of that. Uh, upcoming film by bike tour dates: Snoqualmie, Washington, August twenty fourth and twenty fifth; Eugene, Oregon, August thirty first; Chicago, Illinois, September fourteenth; Hood River, Oregon, October thirtieth; Akron, Ohio, November fourth; Arcata, California, November fifteenth; Bendigo, Australia, November thirtieth. Phoenix, Arizona, November 30th, and Boise, Idaho, January 8th. And now for... We just have one. But it's a great one. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the well, we welcomed Isaac Martinez to the family last week, and this week we're welcoming one more. That's right, Lillian Kerbeck has joined. Oh my on. gosh! The financial guru herself is now a supporter of the show. Thank you, Lillian. Wow. It's been wonderful having you on. Hope to talk also in the future, and welcome to the family. This is like real legit stuff. Like, she was in Forbes and stuff. She was? Yeah, she totally was. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah. Wow, I feel like the gauntlet is thrown in that. Like, Lillian, we better we, Lillian, we better get our Lillian finances going, in order, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> what can you do with this? And then, like, you know, let me see, let me see what happens. Yeah, we we thought about ways to. Um... No, we didn't. <laughs> nope. I I can't it's, remember where I was going with head. that. It's in my head. No, 
We're going to make, we're going to make like 30 cent taco dinner. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be be a good one. Look at this. And now we've got all this other surplus. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Indeed. Well, welcome Lillian. Thanks for your support. And to all of our other donors, we're going to thank you at the end, but I'll take this opportunity as well. Thank you. It wouldn't be possible without you. Yes. Um, and now and for I was I was thinking of a segue here. Oh, like well, we may not have blah, we might not have a second donor this but, week. But <laughs> oh, there you go. Do you know what we do have? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. Good save. Thanks. From Paul Colbertson uh, commented on a Sprocket podcast photo posted earlier this week. The smoke sucks! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! And I would even add a third exclamation mark on there for you, Paul. We agree. I agree. Yes. <laughs> Smoke sucks. Also, feels thank like you. we can all attest to that fact. <laughs> oh yeah, here in the sure. studio. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you bike much in in all of this? Um, not really. No. Yeah. Okay. No. I I mean, like, I didn't really give myself a choice. I mm-hmm. I biked to just went for work. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you notice you got like the the headache factor? Um, a little bit. Okay. Uh, after like in the evenings, I would get a headache. Uh, what really got me the most were my eyes burning. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. I after you. Um, yeah, I only have a uh, a one mile commute from ah, home to work. Nice. Uh, but I did notice, like, yeah, mm-hmm. the the headache deal. Yeah, I think uh, of- that whole exercising plus it being smoky out. There's there's some there's some logic in that. Yeah, not in, a deal. It hurts. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird because this year, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, ah, oh, smoke, been there, done that. Like this year, I'm truly just gonna go about my normal day-to-day operations, and I definitely felt like, oh, maybe I do actually need to take it easier than I than I think I should take oh, it yeah. this week. But uh, you know what? As I'm saying that, the outside sky is clearer than it's been in a while, and that's not to say those fires aren't burning. They just happen to be the, drifting the, the other smoke direction. Is just blowing the other way sorry the rest of the united states (laughs) towards the cascade range yeah well um yeah i don't remember where i was going with that it's okay Uh, it's the first day of school yeah my brain you get a mulligan totally fried um (laughs) hey we got a text from harry hugel he says hello gents it's harry hugel episode 427 was another fine show there can never be enough shows about what a fine institution libraries are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks Thank, for writing in, yeah. Harry. And uh, we, we hope to have good news because we hope to get street books on sometime yes. soon. So you might even have another library episode coming down the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and with that... I was going to say, do you have any other? I, any I other news? I have any other mail in my, oh, in my box here. I don't. Other news. <laughs> Let's see. You're just gonna make something up. No. Well, I was wondering if we should talk about uh, Tesla for like the billionth time in a row, and I I'm deciding to wait on that one because I feel like they get enough press as it is. Uh, I just but think they it, did another thing, I just and things were said, unfair. and things happened. I just think it's unfair that my favorite electrician is is like the name of this car being bastardized by the corporate overlords and, and maybe somehow there is like a familial connection i don't know I, i'm making that I, I don't up, know musk but... sounds an awful far way away from tesla to me sure but, <laughs> but it's just it yeah. just makes me sad that i i can't bring myself to like these cars 
just just think of and, this a hundred years I, from I now like when people so much. when people say tesla kids are gonna go oh you mean that person who invented a car oh man oh no just, just think of the possibilities <laughs> well hopefully it won't come to that no that guy played by <laughs> david bowie oh <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough any any news you'd like to add into the hopper? Anything exciting going on in the transit world this week, Seth? Oh goodness! Well, um, on the way over here, actually, um, there was a uh, a car in the building that I work at. Um, was it a they Tesla? drove into no, they drove oh, into the, the that, first floor. That, holy shit! Yeah, yep. On uh, right around 14th and Overton. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's the second one this week. There was one. Oh, really? uh, there was one that did some structural damage over on Burnside, like four oh, or five no. days ago. Yeah, yeah. Newsflash: <laughs> We're still not great at driving. <laughs> Stay away from buildings. <laughs> yes, please, and pedestrians, and all other how... things and users of the road. This is a really dumb question, but how does that happen? Like, or or what was their ex- what was their excuse? That's a good question. See, I have I, no I, idea. I wanted to say that. Yeah, what was the I'll, cu- I'll cut to the meat of it. <laughs> <laughs> My assumption is that um, she was, uh, the lady was probably driving down 14th, and um, it's a it four-way intersection. <laughs> Into this building. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have guessed? I didn't see you there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think somebody was probably coming the uh, uh, coming through the intersection okay. and maybe didn't see the stop sign or something. So lady probably just swerved to miss the car mm-hmm. and ended up, Going into the building. Oh my God. That's Yikes. my assumption because it seemed like there was another vehicle involved. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> well, on, on that joyous note, <laughs> <laughs> send us something happy to talk about. <laughs> we'll, we'll counterbalance it <laughs> with all of our other things. <laughs> yes. Here we go. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katrina Melamgard. Wayne Norman, Ethan Georgie, Eric Iverson Cameron Lean Richard Wazinski Tim Mooney Len Kubish Matt Kelly Eric Weiss Todd Parker Dan Gebhardt Who's, who's a, a time, time traveler? traveler? Dave Knows. Chris Smith. Caleb Jenkinson. J.P. Culey. Peanut Butter Jar Matt. Marco Lowe. Rich Otterstrom. Andrew in Colorado. Drew the Welder. Anna. I'll see you soon. Andre Johnson. King of Division. Richard G. And myself. Hey, I made you say your own name. That you did, <laughs> but I'm okay saying it. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regranary. Campsite Magnus, David Nathan Bolton. Chris Rossin, Rory in Michigan, Michael Thorny. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman. Harry Hugel, EJ Finnerin, Brad Hipwell. Thomas Cato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom. Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner. Jason Offenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris Barron. Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Simon Gregory Bate, Braithwaite. Sorry about that. Ryan Morrow. Jimmy Diesel. Dude Luna. I just did two lines. I'm That's sorry. okay, because next up is Matthew Rooks, <laughs> Marshall, Isaac Martinez, and our newest donor, Lillian Kerbeck. Thank you so much, and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed. 
do you get people go like Seth Dubois? Oh yeah, yeah, I get all sorts like yeah. Dubois. I've gotten dubious. <laughs> really? Yeah, yep. I think that should be like your nice. rap not name. Not quite dubious. Yeah. <laughs> MC Dubious. <laughs> That's a good one though. If you're going to have a mispronunciation. I yeah. Can't, I, I can't yeah. think of a better one to land on than dubious. At least it's an entertaining one. Yeah. Not that the others aren't also, but that's I'm, a good one. I'm forever in debt to Kean Peel for mispronouncing my name A Aaron. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does like that come every, up in like well, every, yeah, now that, that life? now that that uh skit has become kind of popular, like mm -hmm. people will That's funny. Will they like, say A Aaron? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh, funny. Hey, it, it, hey, hey, Aaron. This really weird thing happened to me at the Pedal Palooza startup or the the pre not the pre-ride. What do I call it? Uh, the kickoff ride. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, where I don't know if this person knew who I was or if they were just saying this. Hmm. I would, I think it's probably most likely they knew who I was, but I didn't recognize them. Gotcha. Anyways, I was corking an intersection and there was like this huge gap, but I didn't see that the other people coming until mm -hmm. after I left. And I was mm -hmm. like, Oh shit. Oh, no. But like, you know, I had no choice but to keep going. Yeah. And someone yelled, you done messed up. AA Ron. <laughs> gotcha. Oh. I was like, Oh shit. They, I hope they knew me. If not, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty if cool. Not, too. That's, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah.